following was produced by Pirate Radio Studios Incorporated in Memphis, Tennessee. Hello, my name is Rick Cheddar, and this is From Radio Land. Greetings, salutations, hello, hey, how's it going? Welcome to another episode from Radioland, from the home office in Memphis, Tennessee. Thank you so much for uh, streaming, downloading, tuning in, whatever it is that you're doing. Uh, it is episode 388. First part of it, uh, of, uh, actually, second part of a two-part. We've got another two-parter coming up next week, too. We'll get to that later. Uh, we're going to hear the second part of the Rod Bland uh, performance and conversation and stuff like that. So that's uh, that's coming up. Rod was such such a cool dude to uh, sit down and and uh, and 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 uh, have a chat with us. She's a great cat. I was sitting here perusing uh, the news, you know, as you do. And of course, the big story still, uh, after all this time, has has been the elephant in the room, and that's COVID nineteen. And uh, it's uh, it's alarming now. What's happening is you're starting to see um, a reversal. Of, you know, things were doing pretty well there for a while. You know, when the vaccine rolled out and some people were out there getting it, and I was one of them. I got I got my shot. Got both of them. I went with the Pfizer. Hey, it's what they were offering. I took it, ran with it, and uh, and I'm and I'm okay. And I'm and it's nice because I've you know we were told that we didn't have to worry about having a mask, and that was even a better thing because if you're vaccinated, you didn't need a mask, and everybody was starting to slack off and say, "Hey, this is great." And then along comes Delta variant, and that changed everything. It's still uh, appropriate to have the vaccine as it does help, you know, it mitigate. If you were to, if you have the vaccine and you come into contact with the Delta variant of the COVID-19, chances are you're going to be asymptomatic, um, if anything. Now, there's a, the occasional breakthrough because the, the vaccine is what, like 95%, right? So there's a 5% chance you could get it or 5% of the population could get it. Either way you look at that. But vaccine hesitancy is causing a major problem. And you've got these people that are still, for whatever political reason they want to assign to this, that they're just not going to get the vaccine. I'm going to get the COVID to own the libs or whatever, whatever it is that they say. This is, a, this is a problem. This is a thing. And now, because of the unvaccinated, they're getting sick. They're dying, right? Because they didn't, they didn't get the vaccine. And uh, they're, spreading it, they're spreading it around. And they still, they still, they all get pissy when they have to wear a mask. I'm sort of the same way. I don't want to wear a mask either. I'm kind of tired of it, but I have to do it. Mask mandates are, are starting to be a thing again. And the high hollering has, you know, been a thing. Here's, here's the issue. Imagine if they started mandating the vaccine, which they should, in my opinion, uh, unless you have a legitimate medical reason for not getting the vaccine, you should be held down and they should put it right in your ass. Uh, this, this is the way I feel about it. I'm tired of this. We want it to go away. And every 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 story I've seen so far on what has happened with people who have contracted the Delta variant or COVID-19 in general since the vaccine has been out. And they're lying there and they're about to get vented. OK, they're about to be put on a ventilator. Of which I just realized you're awake for that. That's that's fun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They, they they cram a tube up your ass too, by the way, because they don't want you shit in their hospital bed. Yes, that's a thing. And they always say, "Hey, can you just give me the vaccine now?" Sorry, it's too late. It's too late for the vaccine for some for these people. And there's there's other people out there that are saying, you know, hey, my 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 mother died. 
she should have gotten the vaccine, but she refused to believe in it. It seems to the, the, look, the proof is there. You know, I probably, I, I would like to think I was preaching to the choir about this. <laughs> I'd like to think that everybody who listens to this is being reasonable and has, and has, you know, got the vaccine and everything is groovy and everything is great. But that's certainly not the case. You know, go get the shot. It's free. It's available everywhere. Um, go get it. You're going to be fine. You know, if you have questions, ask your doctor. There are people, there are kids that are going behind their parents' back. They're anti-vax parents to go get this shot. That should tell you something. He's no good on grateful kids. <laughs> I can hear it now. Uh, there's always a reason for somebody to complain. And, and there it is. You know, my complaint is the unvaccinated are making it difficult for the vaccinated. We've done our part. You know, we've gotten our shots and we wear our masks and we're going along and we're, you know, we're still just as scared as everybody else is. But still, you know, I want this to end. It's been 18 months is too long. 19 months now. It's too, too damn long. Too damn long. I know we know there's probably another at least a year and a half of this. Easily. Easily. Unless everybody just decides to go get their shot. And maybe with the rise in the alarming rise of numbers. See, that's just it. Those that are in the hospital, those are all unvaccinated people. That's what's going on. Uh, those that have been diagnosed with COVID-19, clearly, they're all unvaccinated people. That should be the incentive right then and there. But nevertheless, people are going to be dumb. People, I don't know, thinning of the herd. I know that's a thing. Uh, perhaps it's the case. You know, go get your shot if you haven't gotten. If they, if you have a loved one in your family that is whatever reason denying this whole thing exists and they don't want to get the shot for whatever reason, you know, sit down and have a have an adult conversation with those people. You know, tell them tell them what's up. Tell them what you got, what you know, what's happening. Present them with science, with facts. You know. That's the way it works. All right, we will pause here, and we're going to uh, come back with a second part of our conversation with Mr. Rod Bland. You'll hear some more music, some more conversation and fun, and all that good stuff. It's coming up next, right up out of the break. It's a short one right here from Radioland. Would you like to be $600 richer in the next 10 minutes? Then make a free phone call and switch your car insurance to AIS. We get it. Car insurance is boring. We make it fast, fun, and easy. You make one call, we shop dozens of the best car insurance companies, and offer you a way to save up to $600 on your car insurance. There are so many special deals and discounts. The best way to get them is to call. Based on your area, we have special discounts for military, teachers, engineers, and good students. Even discounts for low mileage and accident-free drivers. AIS has tons of ways to save you money on your car insurance. Make a free call right now to see what you qualify for. New customers who switch to AIS save an average of $600. 800-338-1092. That's 800-338-1092. Your, uh, your brother's on the phone. Is he? He is now. Hey, Tony. Hey. Hey, y'all. Uh, hey. Can you hear me? How's it going, Tony? Hey, going good. First of all, I want to apologize for not making this, man. I, this was so important to me to get on here and tell y'all about this, man. Uh-oh. Uh, I mean, hey, hey, we got a, uh, you got a censor? Because I, I get the feeling there's going to be some things said. Now, really... you speak your mind, Tony. Damn it. Don't do that. Oh, wait. Here comes Mark first Franklin. Of all, first of all, congratulations on making our father 
our father proud of, of, of him for this record. It's, it's beautiful. I love it. Uh, I think everybody should go out and get it because it's really the first true, real record to honor Bobby Blue Bland since he's passed. Thank you. Thank you. Brother, I love and, you. And, and uh, you did a great job, and I know he's smiling down on you, and I mean, it, it's you, you've been playing with the man since you was five years old, you know? Yeah. So, you, you've come a long way. we got a long way to go. I'm really happy and uh, got to get out now and just play his music. And uh, you're, you, he only got one son, blood son, you, and, and then his stepson, me, your big brother. So... You told on me when you was five years old when I missed the beat on stage. I ain't going to never forget that. Hey, 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 <laughs> hey, baby, it's just, come on, man. It's, it's 2021. We, we got to let certain things go, okay? Right. Hey, 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 dad, dad. Yeah, yeah, son. Tiger, Tiger missed the, that, that, that beat. He was, the, yeah, hey, but, but. Yeah, yeah, he did. Uh, he showed did. <laughs> I, I, I don't think he was paying attention. I don't think he really wanted to play. You don't think he really wanted to play? Uh, uh, man, come on now. You know I want. Well, you know, dang, man. I mean, even your little brother could tell you messed up on that one. Uh, what's up? You, you don't feel like Whoa. working? Got a speech, boy, because of his ass. <laughs> it wasn't nothing but a little lightweight speech. It ain't like it stung or nothing. Well, it wasn't like James Brown was fining you for all of this. Mm. Even, yeah, you tell him. Yeah. Tell <laughs> him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Blue, Blue, I don't. I, I, I never knew your daddy. He may have been. He, you know, I, did he? Not, well, was he I one mean, of those guys? There's like, oh, that's going to cost you later, man. It would probably cost you verbally and you know, emotionally. Yeah. What now, now, what hey, hey buddy, is, turn, turn your radio down. What he would do is he'd make you feel so bad when you when you wasn't doing good, like all in all, you'd be like, oh man, I, I, hey man, he just he'll look at you like. Mm, mm, mm. We just finished talking about that too. What were we talking about that you said that Tony would probably be, he wanted to chime in on? Uh, there's so much that he would want to chime in on. Uh, the look. Yeah, the look. Hey man. Uh, if, if if Blue didn't like what you was doing, whether it be on drums or bass or horns, he'd give you the look, right? Yeah. If he was really warm, not warm. He that cord. There it is. <laughs> he whipped that cord. Yeah, yeah. And he if you look up, you'd be like, Ah! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, classic. Ah! Oh, there's also it's because there. it's because of Bobby Blue Bland that I I I continued to play with BB King because me BB they both were they both were like dads to me. I mean, my dad was their 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 good friend, and they loved my dad, so they were looking out for me, but. The difference between Blue and BB, like if I do something that wasn't necessarily cool, BB would say, I don't like it when you do that, son. Don't, don't do that anymore, all right? 
And I'd be like, what you what you mean? You know what I mean. I, I tell you, I, I don't like that. Don't do that. That's not good. You shouldn't do that. So, of course, that make me really don't do it, right? But Blue would be like, uh, hey, 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 my man, um, couldn't you have done that a little different? <laughs> Blue was cool. What was he like Blue in? Was cool. What was he like in the recording studio? Is he different than on than on stage? The only time again. That, uh, I'll take this one, sir. Oh, I'm sorry. Excuse me. I didn't mean no harm. Sorry, Tony. I knew it was coming. Yeah, I didn't mean no harm. That's that's another one of my dad's uh, classic lines as well. But um, the experience I have with him in the studio, uh, the closest working. Relation uh, experience was when we did the uh, the session for Take Me to the River, and uh, we went in earlier that day. Myself, Kirk Smith, Hart, Doc Samba, Cody Dickinson, we laid the groundwork for the track. And he rolls in literally in the Young Avenue sound with in, in his wheelchair, and um, we played the track for him. And uh, Cody explained what he wanted my dad to do. You know, just, you know, ad-lib, maybe hit, like, the chorus, you know, maybe verse. So, you know, a, a couple of run-throughs, and, you know, he got it. But, you know, he had never worked with, like, quote-unquote, a loop or, like, right. know, any experience with rap. And for that matter, me neither. And, um, you know, he, you know, it, he, he took some time, and uh, it's me and him in the, in, in the booth. And, uh... He said, I think I got it now. I, I said, and this is the, the part that made it into the movie. I said, uh, everything okay? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Said, everything sound good? Yeah. yeah. About the drums? Yeah. It sound really good. Sound like someone you know? Yeah. Like somebody you might have made? No, it's me. And so that like helped him to like, you know, that, you know, and we didn't know that we were being filmed. Uh, so that's just like me and him just like, you know, ribbing each other, just, you know, father, son, just hanging out or whatever. And, you know, that helped him to relax even more, me and him going going at it, you know, playing the dozens or whatever. And, you know, after that little interaction, he nailed his part. Um, but the one thing I do know about my dad is that when it came to recording, he always wanted to record at night. Yeah. When nightfall hits... That's when he spits. Hey, it's gonna be a, it's be a ride. I'm Do with that. Okay, I'm with it. All right, I'm cool. on that. It's going on the phone right now. All right, cool. Put that, put that in your notes on your iPhone. It'll your be written iPhone. by the time you get to the parking lot. Yeah. Damn right. Uh, put that right after crying in your Escalade. <laughs> what so, are you crying? <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, I'm a little bit of a smartass too, if you could. Yeah, so, yeah. So, so your dad was probably more intense on stage in front of an audience than he was in a recording studio. Then, yeah, I mean, because when it came to him being live on stage, it was no time for chit chat, no, no time to BS. Time to work. Yeah, and that's what he expected out of all of us. And um, there were times where I personally felt like my dad should take the night off, if you will. Uh -huh. uh, you know. He, uh, and, and he wouldn't do it. I've seen, there was a show we did in, I think it was Gulfport or, or Biloxi. This was in maybe 2008. He really, in my honest opinion, had no business getting out of the bed, let alone getting dressed and going up on the stage. 
but yet he did it. And of course, you know, there are some people that trashed him and oh, he's too old to, you know, he should sit out, he should like hang it up, blah, 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 blah. And then the following week, he was in rare form, like vo- vo- strong voice and everything. And it's just one of those times where um, some nights you don't, you're not feeling well. Sure. But my dad is from that old school that the show must go on. You know, and uh, if I'm breathing, I'm working. And that's the mentality that he and I know he instilled in me. And, and Coleman, you probably have it too. And Ashen. If you don't want me on the show, man, I, I, I'm good with that. You know, I mean, I'm just sitting here, you know. I'm Rick, let's talk to Mr. Coleman live from Oregon, please. <laughs> Is he guilting you into it? Must run in the family for Christ's sake. And and, ta- and take me to the river. Am I not correct in thinking that? Didn't he do one of the songs with Little Peanut? No, that was Otis Clay. Oh, it was okay. Otis who did that one. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. Uh, he did uh, "Ain't No Sunshine" with uh, Yo Gotti. Bye, Ashton. <coughs> Bye, everybody. Uh, you, you got something in your throat, sir? You, you see something on your mind? Uh, uh, did, did, you, did you want me to be, be a part of this? Uh, talk to you? Uh, what do you want me to do, man? Please talk with Mr. Coleman. Well, we're just glad to have you here, Tony. I mean, we were expecting you earlier, but I know we had some issues, but now we've sorted that out, and now you're here. Yeah, I had a little little personal situation I had to deal with. It was pretty serious, but uh, you know, like you say, so much so on, you know. Well, sure, 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 sure. But uh, but this is really important to me because I love Bobby Blue Bland like he was my blood father. So it's like really, it's not just an issue of uh, just telling stories about him and. Like, uh, to cut it down, he was he was the greatest, classiest blues singer ever. Period. Uh, and he, people say like I hear people make statements about Bobby Blue Bland. Say they would say he's the Frank Sinatra of the blues. I would say no, Frank Sinatra is the Bobby Blue Bland of Frank Sinatra. I mean, a lot of people was inspired by him. Bette Midler was on Tonight Show, and and she said. I listen to Bobby Blue Bland. I was like, wow, Beth Mitchell says she listened to Bobby Blue Bland. That, you know, he was that kind of guy. I mean, his voice. Mm-hmm. He was just effortless with his, his smoothness. Mm-hmm. And you, you're talking about a man that was more intelligent than scholars, and he didn't finish high school. And he was the most proper speaking, respectful, coolest, just cool, man. Cool. If you saw Bobby Blue Bland mad, boy, something, something had to happen. I'm telling you, I never seen anybody so cool as him. When you talk about cool, he's like Miles Davis cool, Bobby Blue Bland. But he was just had he just had more more suave suave, I would say, with it because he didn't have to try to be seen or act, you know, any kind of way. He was just that way naturally. So anyway, yeah, he didn't like a lot of fanfare and hype. Um... No. He'd probably, uh, honestly, he'd probably, he'd be proud of, like, the fact that I did a record and I'm trying to do things uh, on his name and on his behalf and whatnot, uh, posthumously. But, 
you know, if he were here, I said, "Hey, you want to come do this thing with that?" No, I'm good, son. You go ahead. You go ahead. You go ahead. You go ahead and have your fun. Don't fuck up. And Don't fuck. call call your brother if you need him. And he'll show up anyway, whether you need him or not. And call call some of the cats in the band. You you'll be all right, son. And, and, and we'll talk tomorrow. And you know, off I'd go into the sunset yeah, to yeah. come do what I'm doing right now. Very humble man, was he? Extremely. And uh, uh, you'd probably agree with me on this too, but he was uh, Tony. I think he was humble to an extreme fault. Yeah. Like, he he really? um, like everyone that's involved in entertainment should have a hint of an ego. Yeah. I personally feel that way. And if you don't have the smallest trace of an ego, then why are you? Why are you doing? Why it? are you doing this? And but that just does not apply to him. Um, as I said in the documentary, I think it was uh, <clears throat> unsung. You know, he could care less about the fame, the the glamour, and all that. You know, all the bullshit that comes with his job description. If he was able to make sure that you know the roof was over his head and we were fed and clothed, you know that that's that and hearing his voice on. On recording, that's all he ever really wanted when he started out. To make sure it was right. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. yeah. He's a, a bit of a perfectionist as well, but. Oh yeah. You know. Yeah. You gotta. It, you have to be. If it wasn't. If it wasn't right, it it didn't see the, the light of day. Right. But you know. Yeah. Well, like you were saying earlier, when when other musicians uh, had discovered his stuff, and when he found out, when Blue found out that these other musicians were listening to him, he seemed like wow. Yeah, I mean, because he, again, like I said, he died not knowing what kind of impact or, you know, influence on other people's lives, you know. Um, that's why that, that saying, give those their flowers while they're here to receive them. Yeah. I, I, legit, I legitimately take that to heart. Sure. You know? Sad so, that he never got a Grammy. Yeah. Yeah. It's, but... You know, I'm gonna do my part along with uh, the men and women that I've assembled to be a part of my team. Do my part to posthumously give him those flowers that he, I wish that he could be here today to get himself. Sure. Um, give me another ten off the record. Uh, let's go to Jerome Chisholm. Uh, I wouldn't treat a dog the way he treated me. From the uh, Dreamer album. <clears throat> All right, we'll pause here, and we'll come back and we'll play that tune. We'll chat about it. Cool, cool. I know we have you for a little for a little while longer. Yeah, yeah, and we should definitely discuss uh, me and uh, my brother drumming when it comes to tunes like uh, "Love Light" and "Don't Cry No More," and how much of a explicative of a workout it can be. Right on. Shut up, Mark Franklin. I see you. I see you. I, I see you sniggling. He's deep in thought over there. I see you sniggling. I'm just soaking it all in. TC. It's just along for the ride. You ought, you ought to see him. <laughs> Come on. Come on, put them hands together tonight. Yeah. Always come around, yeah. 
Shout out Jerome Chisholm. Absolutely. Nice job. Yeah. I like that uh, he's not, like we were, we were talking about earlier, he, that, that none of these guys that are singing are, are trying to impersonate your dad. They're just doing their yeah, interpretation. Yeah, uh, of his music, and that's, that's again, the most important thing. Um, it, it, it's the same thing, like, as I was growing up playing drums for my dad, 
you know, my brother Tony was one of my three wise men, as I call him. Yes. So you got uh, my uncle, the late John Jabo Starks, uh, the late Harold Peeney Portier, who was playing drums on that life cut, That's the Way Love Is. Yes. yes. And then you got uh, TC. So, like I told you guys uh, a couple weeks ago when Jab and I were talking, you know, he said, well, when I was bitching about my approach and my technique, I should say, of, of playing Love Light or Don't Cry No More, and he says, nephew, you can't play how I play. I can't play how you play. You got to play how you play. Right. So as much as I grew up wanting to emulate, you know, TC, Peony, Jabba, that's not me. And it's not fair to me or to, you know. Or to the guy who yeah. was originally a part of it, yeah. So, yeah. you know, all I can do is, is in it's, if you've ever had the, the privilege of watching Tony play or hearing him play, you can definitely hear his influence on my plan, whether it's Bobby Bland music, BB King music, music in general, you know, there's some TC and RBs playing, along with like a whole cast of characters. Would that be fair, Tony? Are you there? Yep, we lost him. Yeah. Oh, there he is. No, would that be fair? What what Rod said about that? Yeah. Um, the 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 ones the ones that played before us and played on those records. I mean, that's that's the fingerprint, the music print, and you got your own, but. All you can do is try to play it as close to what they did as possible, but it's still going to come out you. So we're all inspired by by the original, and uh, whoever played live, we, we we get something from each other, and that's how we keep it going. But when you ignore it and overlook it and just do whatever the hell you want to do, that's when you screw it up. At least try to get as close to what they did as possible because... That's 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 what made it beautiful. So you can't get it exactly like it, but you get it as close to it as you can, and that that's what it's all about, really. Just trying to honor what was done. Yeah, there were so many times that um, as I got older, and especially when I was the sole drummer for my father, or he'd uh, he'd be talking about the look, and uh, he 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 shot a couple at me one time, and then. And when the gig was over, and I don't know if he if I told you this one or not, Tony, but uh, I went to him, I said, hey, uh, everything good out there? Is everything cool? Yeah. And I said, well, you, you, you shot one at me. What was that about? He said, well, I'll tell you. Put his hand on my shoulder. You and that doggone Tony Coleman, if y'all ain't just alike, I don't know what it is. <laughs> and uh, so you know, as a as a kid growing up, yeah, I'm, you know, uh, I'll put you over, Oos. I was such a big mark for Tony that, like, you know, getting that kind of a uh, rub from my dad as a drummer, you know, that meant a lot to me. And um, you know, when I got the call from him to go sub uh, his place for uh, with BB. And being told by, you know, B.B. and, you know, Melvin, Stanley, like, he came in here sounding just sounded just like Tony. He didn't miss a beat. You know, the, the, things like that 
That's a compliment. You know, it's a big feather in my cap. You know, it, am I Tony Coleman? No. Phony Coleman? Maybe. <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know, but uh, the, the end result is my dad had it, like you asked me earlier, yes, a huge hard touch and an impact on my life as a musician um, and, you know, still trying to uh, follow through with uh, lessons he taught me. What was it What was it about him that, you know, you know, you hear about musicians, okay, that guy's got it. He's, you know, this is the deal. This is, you know, he's the total package. It doesn't matter, any A-list artist that's out there, what was it about your dad that, uh, that he possessed that really made him so special? He was just that unique, blessed individual. You know, it, it's, his voice is a gift of God. Mm-hmm. And when he, when he learned how to properly use it, you know, it, it, it was off to the races. Like when we used to talk about all the older stuff, um, he said, I was hollering back then. I didn't know what I was doing. I just, but it, like it was a gift and it just, it shined through. So, you know, like Tony said, the epitome of cool and class, you know, all mixed mixed together in one. That he was, was a, him. He was a master of phrasing. There's no doubt about that. Oh God! Like the that's the deal there. The one word, the 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 word I. The way he could just like you know, extend that into like three or four syllables. Yeah. Like on, I'll take care of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, ah. You know, just like we were making fun of, ah, when you get mad or whatever on stage. <laughs> you know, he was, you know, if you if you can take one word, a single letter, and make it just sound so sweet like that, and, you know. And put all the space in between it, too. There you go. For all the women to scream. <laughs> well, yeah, he knew, he knew where he had to make room for these girls, yeah. Oh, yeah. Is there any truth to the fact that James Cotton is his... Half brother. It's all the truth. Uh, I unfortunately learned this two weeks before my father passed away. Wow! How did that come about? I kept getting hit with these questions, like, "Man, you know, your dad and Cotton look an awful lot alike." And uh, one day, I'd uh, yeah, I didn't really pay attention to it, and you know, I, I. didn't have a close relationship with him and when I'd see him he'd you know looking back on it he was always right you know he'd, the last time I saw Cotton was um, of a photo of the three of us together uh, on the bus we were in Austin outside of Antone's just finished you know the gig and uh, whoever took that photo shame on you for having such a shaky hand and not knowing how to work a Sony Cybershot uh oh but it's slightly blurry but you can tell who the three individuals are so, again, this was while my father was in hospice, and we're hanging out, and uh, he looked up at me, you know, because I guess he knew I was getting ready to ask him something. So I hit him with the, uh, hey, yeah, soft voice at that time. Ask you something? Sure. James Cotton. What about him? Is he your brother? Half brother. Now, this is, you know, June 2013. And when he said that, you know, half brother, I gave him the Will Smith. I was like, (laughs) 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 
so does that make him my uncle? And in 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 typical Bobby Bland iceberg cool, if you want him to. Wow. So okay, cool. That's better than being a half uncle. I mean, like you know, he I was like. They make him my uncle, and my dad looked at me and said, if you want him to. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, I'll take that deal. Okay, so, and, of course, the 23rd of June comes by, and we know what happened. But the 24th, my phone was just frantic. It wouldn't stop ringing. Sure. And then there was a 512 area code that came through. And at that time, the only people I knew was those area codes were you know Chris Layton Tommy Shannon or Susan Antone I didn't have very many people that would call me from from Austin and you know Marty and in my feelings I couldn't get any sleep the night before I picked up the phone like I really wanted to answer the phone who the is it now mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and uh, it was this strange voice and uh, it was James wow and I couldn't make out everything he was saying so you know, his wife took the phone and, and Rod, and I was like, yeah, who, who did? And she told me who she was and who that was. I was like, oh, wow, okay. So I kind of, you know, mm-hmm. simmered down a little bit and took took some of the bass out of my voice and some of the, you know, the morning hostility because I had <laughs> Right, right, right. I, I, I literally just watched, you know, the, 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 the only man I've ever loved, you know, check out on me. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, and uh, she said, "Well, he just wants to let you know that he loves you, and you know, if you need." And I'm like, "You know, two weeks ago, I just found out that you're my uncle." And I, and 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 the the ultimate rib on me was that they knew, but you didn't. But you gonna leave me out? I didn't know, right? And so, how old were you when your dad passed? Gee, I was probably 37, okay. 36, 37, something like okay. that. And, um, you know, when I told one person that I just discovered that, you know, James Cotton is his half brother, they took it and turned it into Bland died just uh, before he discovered the James Cotton. No, this Bland didn't know. <laughs> they twisted it all around. Blue and cotton, they knew. Yeah. You know, purple yeah. didn't know. <laughs> purple, blue, blue and red make purple. Bobby Blue Bland. My mom was nicknamed Red growing up as a wow. kid, so there I am, purple. Um, but yeah, that's... Uh, that is a lot of that's crap. That's a lengthy to deal answer with. to that short yeah. question you asked. That's, uh, a lot of stuff that's to an deal interesting with. parting gift, yeah. if you will. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying what I made you. It. What made you ask that question again at I get, that point I in people, time? People like just, hey, you know, your dad and Cotton look an awful lot alike, and I'm like, oh yeah, okay, cool, you know, and but I, it kept. Especially we did that. Remember we did that run in Canada. Yes, in '04. It came up a lot. Yeah. And your dad said, "I don't see it." <laughs> I don't see it. I don't see it. You know, the sad it. story about him. Um, I was at a benefit at BB's. For cotton? It, it was just a benefit for the one, like the King Biscuit. 
many years ago, but Cotton was playing there, mm-hmm. and one of his sisters was there to watch him, mm-hmm. and dropped dead of a heart attack that day. She did. Sure did. Mm. Yeah. And he was scheduled to go on later when this happened, mm-hmm. and I I took him to the hospital, but he still made it back and did the show. Which goes back to what I said earlier. Exactly. Right. The show must oh, go and on. I'm getting chills again talking about it. Oh my god. All those, so, yes. All those people bought tickets. Yeah. You, know, you got it. You, you know. Yeah. So like uh, Tony, you can attest to this. Every now and again on stage live, my dad might you know pop you know laugh or get distracted or whatever. Um, but you know he would never not be able to get through a song. Right. There was this one time. Uh, this was in 2001. Uh, his mother, Granny, had just passed. And I speak very favorably of her because if it weren't for her, I probably would not have been allowed to attempt being a drummer as a small kid. Right. Because I would go through her kitchen and pull out all the pots and pans and set them up as a drum set. <clears throat> the wooden spoons. All right, we'll get to you in a second. I know you got... Things are chiming. Uh, no, it was actually clearing my throat, but I, I do have to go, though. Unfortunately, <laughs> I, I need to. I need to go. Okay. Okay. Thank you, Tony. We appreciate it, bud. Yeah. Uh, come to Memphis sometime, Tony, and be on the show for real. Say again. I said, please come to Memphis and join us in the studio for real next time. Sure, for sure. But uh, before I go, man, I love you and uh, congratulations on the record. You did a great job, and let's keep Blue's memory and legacy alive with class the way he did it. Okay. Damn right. We'll do. All right, I love y'all and the listeners. Uh, thank you, Tony. Hey, 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 buddy. Hey, hey, hey. Toodaloo, toodaloo. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, heard, I heard, I heard, I, I heard you. Hey, cut him off. Hey, it, 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 put, push, push the button. Come on, Al. Yeah, you can't see me, but I'm doing the the fist thing that BB used to do. <laughs> <laughs> I threw it out there. He bit. Yeah, I don't. Okay. Uh, hey, uh, I might have to book book a flight and go out and see this uh, this farmer of yours. Okay. We'll talk to you later. Okay, okay. toodaloo, sir. Toodaloo. All right, love you, man. Yeah, love you, too. Yeah, toodaloo. All right. Bye-bye. Boy. Hey, so whenever you have him, just give me, like, two weeks notice so I can conveniently be out of town. <laughs> now the truth comes out. <laughs> so, um, so you were talking about granny. Pots and pans. Pots and pans, yeah. yeah. You know, my dad trying to sleep, get a nap. What's going on there? <laughs> and like he'll come in. What the hell is it? I'm just, you know, cheese eating grin. And then from the pots and pans, it migrated to, to to furniture. I take chairs like would have a cushion like this. Yeah, and, yeah. You know the back support, but with the arms too, right? Connected. One from my throne, one here, one over there. But the arms were like symbols. So this one would be the hats, and that top part would be a crash, and over here would be a ride, and all the cushion, uh, toms, standard on all that. And, you know, hey, man, I got to pay for it. And she'd leave him alone. 
one day you're going to need him. And oh, she know. was right. So she, like, spoke into fruition. So here you have it. Um, That's cool. Yeah. And so, you know, they are... Yeah, so there's a, there's a, there is a story much later where your drummer was not available, and you, uh, and they're not going. My drummer. <laughs> uh, it was his drummer. His, his drummer was not available, and they're looking at each other, going, "What are we going to do? What are we going to do?" Why? No, the, the story is, uh, I don't know if you were there. It's Kansas '96. Now, right, that's right before me. Okay, so uh, George. <laughs> He didn't make bus, and so Uh-oh. my mom and dad were calling down to the hotel. I was taking y'all so long, we need to get to stepping, so and George's not here. Well, come on, let's go. So they get to the house, and uh, they load him up, and my mom's all like, so what are you going to do for drum? Are you going to find somebody? You know, Joe and my Joe, Joe Harden, the band leader, my dad, we don't have to do anything about it. We got a drummer. She said, who? And, you know, it's just like, they both, you know, looked at each other and they pointed directly at me. And, uh, you know, that was the first time I, you know, manned the plane by myself. Uh-huh. So it wasn't like, you know, the, the two engines together, one, a very, a very young engine. <laughs> Came a long way from those pots and pans, uh, didn't yeah, you yeah, now? You know, five years old. <laughs> Playing uh, in a ridiculously hideous powder blue tuxedo, the ruffle shirt, and, and no, you still will not get to see those photos, nor will you. Listen, I'm they a product of the, the 70s. I remember those days, those prom days with those taxes. Yeah, well, they will never see the light of day on any of my <laughs> socials, which, by the way, you know, if you're following me on, uh, if you want to follow us on Facebook and Instagram, the it's uh, RB. Oh, good and segue, Rod. Um, website forthcoming, but um, on Facebook, RB and the MOB, Instagram, same thing. And a massive thank you to Street Savvy Unlimited for all their help with the marketing and branding, as well as Betsy of Blind Raccoon. Sally Bankson with Nola Blue. Greatly appreciate those ladies and Wheaton KG with Street Savvy. And uh, of course, my, uh, my lieutenant, Mark Franklin over here. I didn't say lousy lieutenant. It's my lieutenant, Mark Franklin. And what's cool, I want to say this publicly. Mark Franklin is to me what Joe Harden was to my father, Bobby Bland. So thank you. Oh, that's wonderful. I appreciate it. So the uh, the release date for the CD is Friday. this Friday. July 16th. Yep. BB Kings. And uh, the 18th is when mm-hmm. we're going to do the release party show. Uh, Next Sunday at 7 p.m. at hosted, BB's. Hosted by Jared J.B. Boyd. Um, and Tom Worth is coming in. He's going to do a couple tracks with us. Tom is not featured on the EP, but he did a really nice rendition of my dad's You've Got to Hurt Before You Heal. So we're going to we're gonna bring that back. And also, for those that don't know, my dad did a country record in 75. Shut up. It's one of my favorites. I mean, I guess I shouldn't be surprised about that. I mean, a lot of blues guys have done that. Uh, it's called Get On Down with Bobby Bland. And... Uh, Unfortunately, in the 70s, it didn't score too highly with the masses. 
but it is actually one it's of the most. Record. It's one of the most sought after records. Is it um, really? Is it in print still? No. So the funny thing is, uh, they paired it with uh, another record out of Reflections, print, Reflections in Blue, and Get On Down with Bobby Bland. And I'm one of those guys. I'm such like <clears> I said about being a mark for Tony. I'm also a mark for my dad. So anytime I would get my hands on something I didn't have on CD or yeah CD, I'd always be the first one to grab it. Uh, you know, bootleg. And back then, you want to rip the CD to your hard drive or whatever. So. Uh, the country album Get On Down with Bobby Bland Songs like I Take It On Home Today I Started Loving You Again Which we're gonna do Yep uh, You've Always Got the Blues I Hate You You've Never Been This Far Before If Fingerprints Showed Up on Skin I Wonder Who's I'd Find On You uh, Someone To Give My Love To Too Far Gone And You're Gonna Love Yourself In The Morning Wow Interesting. Yeah. Bring it on home is one of his be- is one of the best. It's oh like my! Is that God. that old "Bring it on home" to me? Yeah. yeah. No, 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 not Sam Cooke. The Charlie Rich. I take it on home. Take it on home. Okay. I back it up. Back it up. Turn it around. Bring it on home. Yeah. And I, I think I he told me. I think your dad told me that's uh, um, Ronnie Millsap playing piano on that track. I think it's not impossible. Wow. I do. The only thing I know about it is that Ed Green played drums on it. Yeah. Um, and did I tell you I finally had a uh, conversation with him on the phone? A couple oh, of yeah. Days. Yeah. Uh, Jim Keltner uh, linked us up. Another great drummer. Yes. Love Jim Keltner. Um, I met Jim in f- 2015 during the uh, Al Jackson Jr. Uh, induction to the Hall of Memphis Music Hall of Fame. And uh, we talked during the pandemic and. You know, Jim was telling me about the tracks that he did with Boss Gags uh, that were Bobby Bland tunes, and I had mentioned to him about trying to find Ed Green because Ed Green's the one that's on the California album Reflections in Blue, Dreamer, Get On Down, and I was like, you know, I met him once in 04 in Canada, mm-hmm. and when they called his name, I was like, deer in the headlight looking like I raced over to where, wherever he was from where I was at and it was like reminiscent of Eddie Murphy talking about the ice cream man I was like Mr. Green Mr. Green Mr. Green Mr. Green uh, oh my god my and he's, he's, uh, he's like hey, nice to meet you calm down I'm sure these are things in his head like slow down slow son slow kid it's gonna be all, it's gonna <laughs> be, be alright all yeah so, uh, you know, when I told Jim that story, he goes, oh, that's great. I'm going to tell Eddie about that. And sure enough, he he texts me with all of Ed's contact information. Oh, wow. And me reaching out to Ed to have a conversation with him, to tell him how much what he did meant to me and how, you know, I loved it. It was like you get the pretty girl's phone number from a friend of a friend or even from the girl herself if you were lucky and you're like nervous as shit like right right like, right no, okay wait, okay wait okay everything has to be just right he's like i want to call i don't want to call is maybe this I'll, maybe the right time yeah. you know and uh-huh. so i finally just you know band up and was like you know it's just a simple phone call i, I, I yeah i, I shouldn't I, be like I, making I such a big deal about I it i had to stop that you know and um i called him up and uh you know, he didn't answer you, so I left him a voicemail. 
And they're and, just like uh, twiddling your thumbs waiting. Like, oh. I, for, a, for a fleeting second, I was almost like that. And then, like about maybe 15 minutes, maybe an hour later, yeah, you know, I'd saved his number on my phone, everything. So when it came across my color ideas, I was like, <gasps> shit, this is it. Here it this is. This is yeah. it. Oh my God. Like, like he's called me down. back this soon. Yeah, wow. Like, so yeah, I did, you know, make sure I was cool. Cool. Take a breath. It's like, <clears throat> hello. It's Rod. Hey, Rod, it's Ed Green. And like, you know, if I if you're calling my phone, of course you know this is gonna be Rod. You know? <laughs> so I, there's no need to there was no need to announce myself right, my well, yeah. to, to to my you know, yeah. like, yeah, like you're, you know. Yeah, like, you know, like I don't, like I, like I ain't got Rod eyes. Bland I musician here. Call, I can't see the color. It is Rod. Hey, it's Ed Green. I just want to, hey, Mr. Green. You know, I called him Ed because I have respect for him. And then he, there was only too much Mr. Greens he was going to take from me. He's like, just hey, call me Ed. Call me Eddie. Was, okay, Ed. <laughs> and in my head, I'm like. Ed Green just told me to call him Ed. <laughs> like, 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 this man just told me to call him by his own first name. <laughs> imagine, imagine this. Call me Mr. Franklin if it makes you feel any better. No, I'm good. Thanks. You can call me Nat if you like. <laughs> yeah, sure, Nat. We'll call you Nat. All right, Mr. Bland. Uh, the. Uh, <laughs> The new record, live from Bill Street, is available for pre-order wherever you get your music. As as yeah. I understand, yes, uh, it's it's on. Uh, it's available right now on Spotify for for pre-save and Apple Music pre-ad, Deezer pre-save, Amazon Music free uh, pre-order, Tidal, Bandcamp. Uh, yeah, just search Rod Bland. That's R O D D B L E N D, and the members only band. And you'll uh, you'll get it pulled up on Nola Blue Records. Thank you so much, my friend. Thank you for having what me. What a pleasure! What so thank much you. fun! Thank you, thank you, thank you, and and thank you, Mark, for being here. Ashton, thank you for coming in. Uh, my illustrious older brother Tony Coleman, thank you for calling in. Um, who else am I missing? Sally with Nola Blue. Thank you for believing in this idea. Nola Records. Uh, Nola Blue. Uh, thank you, yeah. Betsy Ooh. with Blind Raccoon. Thank They're you. They are indeed. Uh, thank you, Street Savvy Unlimited. Thank you, Wes Edmonds. Thank you, Keith Ross. Thank you, Blue. I appreciate everything you sacrificed for me, as well as my mom. And uh, please follow us on um, all forms of media. Just search RB and the MOB. Thank you, Bobby. Thank you, BB. Yeah, thank you, my two dads. Stay as long as you please. You give your best love to John Henry and bring your scraps home to me. If that's the way you want to do it, I got the driving line, yeah. So from now on, 
Bobby Blue Bland with BB King. I'll take care of you. Rod's over here telling telling more stories. How to end that talk? How to end that song? Hey, you got you got <laughs> the right way and the wrong way to do that stuff. Right, 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 right. <laughs> this is why, right for right now, that song is not a part of our set list. We tried it uh, once with John Amos, and it not it was just great. But Mark and I uh, often say, you know, there's only one voice to sing that song, and he's just certain things like certain songs we want to stay away from yeah. right now like yeah. for example 2018 and I'll stop talking so Mark can talk uh, you got Mike, online man Mike Ledbetter was there and we did Little Boy Blue yeah and he sang the shit out of that song and dedicated it to my mom um, and when the song ended he looked directly at her and pointed that was for you and 
unfortunately, uh, Mike passed away shortly uh, after his newborn son uh, made his way into the world. Uh, I, if I'm not mistaken, I think his son was born on my dad's birthday, January 27th. Oh, wow. Oh, my yeah. gosh. So, um, wow. but yeah, like, you know, at my dad's uh, memorial service, the last song that was played was This Time I'm Gone For Good. And I had never gotten to play that song with my dad ever. And you know, that's kind of the thing with the members only band. It's 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 really greedy on my and selfish on my part. There are a lot of songs in my dad's catalog that either A, I never got to play, B, I was too young to really understand and comprehend what I'm playing. Right. C, I might have screwed up. <laughs> you know. Oh it, you know, oh self self admittedly. And then, you know, yeah. then there's just some songs that just I can't help but to want to play. And, but like uh, now there's a small handful of songs that, you know, right now they're on the like, sorry about your bad luck fans, but we're not going to touch these songs. And right now, I'll Take Care of You is at the top of that list. Yes. Oh, wow. As well as, uh, you know, Little Boy Blues at the top of the list because of Mike. Is he, you know, just really great. I'll Take Care of You is on that list as well. And, um, yeah, it's just certain things, you know. It'll get there when it comes to you, I guess. Like, you know. You know but when the, uh, when the sacred cows show up, then it's time to, it's, to address milk them. them. Yes, okay. yes. <laughs> milk them for every, <laughs> every penny you can get out of it, Milk cow blues for real, right? <laughs> that's, so, that's right, yeah. Oh no insult, but my mom is not watching this or listening to it, so I can I can stooge out because she'll never know. It's a surprise for her. But So if, if, if someone is close to my mom, shut your mouth. Don't say anything. You know, spoiler alert. My mom has been a fan of this song called Teach Me How to Love You. Yes. Are you familiar with it? Uh, kind of, yes. Okay. I remember hearing it a few times, but yes. So she kept on, kept on, kept on, kept on. So a few days ago I said, okay, what is it with you and Teach Me How to Love You? Oh, child, your mother just used to dance to that when she was a little girl. And, and in my head I'm like, is my mother speaking to me in third person? Has 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 my love for watching all things The Rock back in his wrestling days <laughs> has that has that has that infiltrated her? Because you know, I you know been guilty of doing some third person talk too, but uh as a surprise for my mom. You're gonna do it. We're gonna do that song. Oh, oh that'll be yeah. wonderful. What yeah. a great treat for her. Oh, so, that'll uh, be so nice. Well yeah, I mean you know, so nice. I'm I'm Probably more responsible for her gray hairs than age uh, would be. So, it happens. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. I was yeah. the oh same way. Gosh. Yes. Yes. Well, that's but again. Hey, man. Thank you for having me. Oh, and, uh, my pleasure, man. man anytime. Thank you so much for us getting to hang out. Anytime you want to come hang, you are more than welcome, man. This this whole thing we built for guys like you. So. Oh, bald headed dudes. Uh, this is a choice, by the way. I, I understand. Yeah, musicians. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. We built it for musicians. Hi, this is Reverend Oma from the Broom Closet Metaphysical Shop. Now that we're all spending more time at home, let us help you keep things feeling calm and peaceful. We have a huge selection of incense, including sticks, cones, and powders, along with burners to keep your home smelling great and feeling calm. We also offer sage, palo santo, smudges, and room sprays. Add some crystals, singing bowls, or candles, and choose from a variety of mindful living gifts to complete your sacred space. Visit us in downtown Memphis or online at thebroomcloisetmemphis.com. 
Social distancing slows the spread of coronavirus, so stay a minimum of six feet away from others and stay home if you can. More info at coronavirus.gov. Let's all do our part, because we're all hashtag alone together. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Here's what's coming up on the next episode from Radio Land with Rick Cheddar. Always with the great lines. You told one the other night at the... Uh at the uh, at Jack Rowell's jam about Jimi Hendrix that it, it had me laughing. Wait, I said when, and who was it? Somebody had just turned like sixty eight, and I said, just remember that when Jimi Hendrix was your age, he'd been dead forty one years. <laughs> yeah. so, me, I just turned twenty three for the third time a while ago. Uh, oh, good, congratulations! Let me multiply real quick. <laughs> <laughs> so, how have you been, sir? Yeah, great. Like I said, we uh, you know we finished up this album, cut this record, yeah. uh, got the crew together and decided what the heck, so we cut a Christmas album that'll be coming out later this year. Uncle Mick's Christmas album. Uncle Mick's Christmas album. Yeah, cool. we uh, we. Has it got a lot of dirty we, music in it? Well, we we. <laughs> it's it's totally Memphis. I mean, oh, good. We, yeah. we we hired the 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 best Memphis musicians we could afford. For previous episodes, go to radio-memphis.com. To download episodes to your mobile device, search the show in iTunes, player.fm, stitcher.com, pocketcast, or tune in. And now, here's more with Rick Cheddar from Radioland. There you go. You heard what's coming up next time on the program. More fun uh, from the studios. That is Radio Memphis. I was uh, I was talking to a friend of mine earlier this week, and they were asking about had I seen something, some particular thing on Facebook. Somebody had posted on Facebook. I said no, I didn't, and they they said uh, that I should go check it out, of which I never did, and I, I I can't remember what it was. And I'm cruising through Facebook as we speak right now, and uh, it occurred to me I haven't I haven't looked through this app in a while. It's uh, and I'm not missing anything. I mean, I do post to it just through other platforms to push out shows like this or maybe some stuff that's happening in and around the station. But, you know, just kind of going through this is uh, kind of odd. <laughs> it's really it's just it's surreal in a way when you when you step away from the offerings of people on Facebook and then you go back and you take a look at it and, and you, you realize, you know, I really haven't missed anything. Now, this is uh uh, this is, this is, this is bizarre. I'm seeing somebody, somebody posted some, uh, false information about COVID. So that's, that's a thing. Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's, you know, there's still the same old idiots that, uh, oh yes. Um, as an American, you have a right not to wear a mask, but just like you businesses have a right not to let you in, not to serve you. How true. You can't have it both ways. You are you are free to make a choice, but that means accepting the consequences of your actions. Yes, very true. Screaming at employees and businesses for protecting their workers and customers does not make you a patriot. It makes you an asshole. I like that. Don't mistake inconvenience for oppression. I like that. That's 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 quite true. I agree with that. Therefore, it must be correct. Is that is that how that works? I, I, if I if I see something that I agree with that makes it true. Or if I see something I don't agree with, that makes it false. Conversely, you know, is that is that how that works? Um, no, that's, that's not. That's not. You know, there's a lot of things out there that I kind of agree with that that aren't necessarily true. Uh-huh. That's just the way that is, and and so be it. I suppose. Um, nevertheless. Um, you know, yeah, you have to, you have to, you have to vet your own stuff. You have to go around. You have to take a look at the things that are existing in this world and understand that 
that uh, uh, whether you agree or disagree with them doesn't make them right or wrong uh, or correct or incorrect is, is really the way they should be. So, you know, uh, especially nowadays, the more connected we are as people, the uh, the more likely we're going to be running into a position of having to sort out our lives from the 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 stance of what is what is legitimate and what is not based on whatever person's personal platform is. I know it's a lot to say, but you know, but there it is. You know, uh, do your do your due diligence. Well, and here's a heads up as I'm cruising through here. Uh, those of you that are in metal bands and you've created your little logo with your name and stuff on it, use a font that's different from everybody else because I can't fucking read that. Lord have mercy. There's a show coming up somewhere, and I go, I can't even I can't even understand what's is it conscience con, con, the conv, convalescence is that what that is. I know. It's hard, isn't it? It's really hard. All right, kids. Uh, that's it. We're done. We're out of here. You heard what's coming up next time on the program. Uh, please be safe. Please be kind. Check on one another. Look after yourselves. Look after one another. And for God's sake, stop shooting each other, all right? I'm Rick Cheddar, and this has been from Radioland. Rick Cheddar from Radioland is produced by Pirate Radio Studios Incorporated, Memphis, Tennessee. All music performed during this episode was used by permission. No part of this program can be rebroadcast or used in any other way except by written consent. For more, go to radio-memphis.com. <laughs>